arrival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today is Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com, here to talk a little bucks free agency and a little bucks cap situation with our main man, our main cap expert here on the Pewter Report podcast, Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberger. Brad, how are you, man? Doing well. It's been a uh, crazy couple days here, as expected, but uh, things are going pretty well uh, here at the headquarters in Cincinnati. That's great. Are you uh, getting sleep at all? Have you have you had any of that? No, not not really. But that's uh, that's a, a luxury these days. That's it's very true. But it's great to have you on the show. And Scott, uh, real quickly before we get get uh, some questions to Brad, we do want to remember that today, as we're talking about. No signings today. No that's signings right. on the Bucks. Right. That seems weird. I thought there was going to be something, but no action, yeah. huh? Yeah, no action. Um, and and I don't think there's anything going to happen tonight. I think that uh, the Bucks had uh, several discussions with uh, with the agents of uh, Ryan Suckup, of Leonard Fournette, of Indomitus Sue, who's actually not representing himself, by the way. I know that was out there on the internet, but um, uh, actually, he is represented by James Bus Cook a longtime mm-hmm. agent. Yep. So Sue does have representation, but uh, um, wouldn't be surprised if some deals get done tomorrow, right before free agency starts. Wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these Buccaneer players test free agency to, to really gauge their market value. And, um, and then, you know, uh, I think a lot of these guys though, if they do receive another offer because of the relationship they have with Jason light, with Mike Greenberg, with Bruce Arians, with their teammates, We'll go to the Buccaneers and say, "This is the offer I got. We will you match it?" Uh, and and I think that that in most cases, I think Tampa Bay will make that effort to do so because they've created some cap room. But but Brad, they've got to create some more. We talked about that last night on the show, and um, and there's some different avenues they can do it. A lot of Buccaneer fans are kind of wringing their hands, though. Is is uh, is Mike Greenberg straying from the magic formula of not using signing bonuses, which he hasn't in the past. Typically a Buccaneer contract, if it's three or four years, the first two years are guaranteed. And, and usually there's a roster bonus as opposed to a signing bonus. They haven't done that, that prorated signing bonus that has gotten teams like the saints in trouble. They've avoided that. But I think Brad, and you were on, you were talking about this with John on the last uh, time you were on, the Buccaneers have done such a good job with, with salary cap management that they can kind of afford to use this approach of kicking the can down the road a little bit with some proration, with some dummy years in these contracts, because they have not overextended themselves in the future. Is that right? That's 100% right. And like you said, this is a deviation from their norm. Uh, we, we call it a, a proration ratio at overthecap.com. And uh, GM Jason Light had the basically the closest cash to cap ratio. He was prorating the least amount of money in the NFL uh, coming into this offseason. Like you said, they pay as they go. They're upfront money with roster bonuses and stuff like that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the whole reason to do that is to bide your time. If, you're, if your roster is not super competitive, you should be doing that. So you're never limiting yourself once you do get competitive. But then if you're in this window that they're in now, you should then say, okay, why not try to bring everybody back? Yes, it's going to be us deviating from our norm, but the whole point of doing that, you know, in the first place was so you could then do this now uh, and kind of capitalize. Yeah, and, and I, I think one of the things, too, and I've heard this, I'm sure you've probably heard this from your sources around the league. I've heard this from, from the Buccaneers uh, themselves off the record. Um, they're expecting the salary cap, which contracted from $198 million to $182.5 million this year due to the loss of, of, of uh, stadium revenue with, with the COVID-19 situation uh, deeply affecting attendance. Some teams had no fans in the stands. Some, like Tampa Bay, went without fans for the first couple of games and then had you know, 10 20% uh, capacity. But they're expecting, uh, the Buccaneers and I think other NFL teams, are expecting a, a cap surge of, uh, of about uh, $30 million um, due to the – the new TV deals that are on the horizon for 2022. Is that what you're hearing as well? Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I am hearing there's, there's bullishness about those deals coming in almost a hundred percent markup from the previous ones. 
I do think an interesting piece of information that kind of flew under the radar was Dan Graziano put out a, a note that the cap they said would have been about 155 million if they didn't agree to this kind of cap floor of 182 and a half. So if you look at it from 2020, okay, so you had 198.2. If it was it was normal, you'd guess okay, it'll be 210 this right. year, absent the situation. So okay, 55 million dollar difference there from the 155 to the 210. So you say, okay, basically the owners ate exactly half of that, 27.5 million. They said, okay, we'll, we'll eat, eat that dead cost. So there's still going to be, you know, another chunk they have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but I've heard the same around 205 million from this 182. So 25, 30 million dollar jump, which should help them get back on track. Yeah. So answer me this then, Brad. If the Bucks have done this with a couple contracts now, they've they've used these void years. This is it going to be a two part question? Uh, they've used these void years uh, to kind of extend cap hits and and push money down the road a little bit. One, could you explain in turn in the simplest layman's terms for for our listeners and and for us what void years exactly are and whether the Bucks have put themselves in a Saints-like situation or not by doing this, just with a couple contracts so far, but by doing this at all? Yeah, so void years in the simplest terms are just dummy contract years. They're not, they don't exist. I, I know for whatever reason, Schefter wanted to tweet out that Taysom Hill signed a four-year, $140 million oh, extension. You know the reason. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. The reaction. Yeah, yeah, and said it was laying the groundwork for a future deal, which is one of the funnier things I've ever read. But um, but yeah, so they, they, there's money in those, but they, it means nothing. There's basically a date in the contract that says, on this date, typically a week after the Super Bowl, something like that. So before the following league year, it says the remaining years of the deal will void. All they're there to do is hold this prorated money we're talking about. So right. You know, you can basically instead of pushing that into a real contract, you can still house it down the line. When when it does void, all that money does accelerate back up to the you know the, the original year. So they will have you know like for example, like Levante David and, and Brady, the guys have done it so far. You know, in, hypothetically in 2023, all the money stored in 23 to 25 would come back up to 2023. Um, but they've only done it with a couple contracts, so they're right. still not in a bind. The Saints have been doing it for years. And have done it with uh, maybe 15 plus contracts at this point. So as long as you're still doing it a, a couple times, you're safe. But yeah, they're, they're just a, a cap manipulation tool. Yeah, and, and really, I think this this is just a, a temporary phase that Jason Light and Mike Greenberg are going through. They're using this mechanism, which other teams use, and if you overuse it, you get into real trouble. But they're using it to their benefit because they've been incredibly good stewards of the cap. I mean, the Buccaneers typically have one of one of the the lowest amounts each year of dead cap space. And you were mentioning a couple of those contracts. For example, Rob Gronkowski, who, who re-signed yesterday for one year is at $8 million with a $4 million signing bonus. He's got a $4 million uh, base salary, then a $4 million signing bonus. So that's prorated. And when, when you look at those, those dummy years, um, it, it's, it's a situation where if the Buccaneers um, were to, you know, if he, let's say he retires after, after this year, Right, and then all of a sudden that that cap money accelerates. Well, it's it's really only three point two million dollars at that point in time, which is not a lot compared to the fact that say the Saints uh, are going to have over eleven million dollars worth of dead cap money from Drew Brees' contract this year. So three point two is not an awful lot. And if the Buccaneers do extend him for one more year, let's say he has a great year, the Bucks win the Super Bowl or come close, whatever, and Grock wants to come back for one more year. The, the, then they can kind of take some of that that dead cap money and and, and kind of work that into to the new deal, so to speak. So so in 2023, then there wouldn't be nearly as much dead cap money uh, left over. Right, and that 2023 number. Uh, another interesting you know tweet. Mike McCartney, who gets confused for the Green Bay Pat, former Green Bay Packers head coach, uh, all the time, but he's actually an agent, a uh, big time agent at Priority Sports. He tweeted that 2023 is a very important year and I, for, for contractual purposes. And so I think a lot of teams are targeting is that's the year where it's truly going to, you know, the cap's going to take off and maybe we see 240 million or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so teams have no issue just kind of saying, okay, we're going to house some money there. We know it's going to jump. Yeah, we'll have some dead money. Um, you mentioned Breeze too. It's 11.15 for this year if he gets another 11 and a half in 2022 that's if they kind of go this post june one uh designation route with 
which is also controversial because he officially retired at this point, but they're mm-hmm. going to carry him on the roster for the next couple months. Um, but yeah, so at that point, it's not an issue at all. You said Gronk, not a big deal. Um, you know, David's priority money isn't isn't as huge as maybe expected there. Um, Brady's going to play till he's fifty five anyway, so you know, not an issue there either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting because there's so many layers to it. You know, but for those of us, it's like okay, void years. You know. Uh, and and we're trying to like wrap our minds around that while also being excited about the fact that this seems like a cheat code, right? Like it seems like it's almost like how is this too going to be true? Like it wasn't for void years. How could the Bucks have done it in a year like right. this one? You know, I don't know that they could have. And so is this a loophole, Brad? Is this like, is this like a cheat code? Is this something that eventually the league would want to stop? Or is this just going to be how things are. How come we haven't seen it used as much in the past? I know some teams have used it, but feels like it's a it's the it's the thing this year, and probably because of the cap, I guess. Yeah. So the funny thing is, my answer it doesn't. It's not really tied to logic or the league trying to follow rules. The answer of why they're okay with it, frankly, is that it benefits teams and it benefits players. Yeah. Like you said, teams would be struggling to sign guys right now if they couldn't exploit it, and players would be struggling to get deals if teams said, "Well, we can't fit you on the cap, and we don't mm-hmm. really want to give you real contract years." Although in theory, you could just put a bunch of minimum base salaries in future years that's non-guaranteed. And it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, regardless, yeah, it, it, they're allowing it because it benefits all parties. Um, so I guess why not? Well, and I think the thing, too, is there really isn't any sleight of hand. What you're saying is, is like with Gronk's contract, is that that unless you re-sign him, there will be $3.2 million worth of dead money in 2022. So th- th- there's no sleight of hand. There's no... A shell game going on here. You're just basically saying uh, we want the player for this amount of cap space this year, uh, and then whenever the agreed upon date is, whether it's next year for Gronk or a couple of years down the road for Levante and for Tom Brady, we will be planning and budgeting for this amount of dead cap space, barring any extension at that time. Right. Yeah, it's just a credit card instead of a debit card, essentially. Right. But like you said, it's not it's not disappearing. It's not going away. Yeah. You have to deal with it at some point. But yeah, so that's yeah. really all it is. Yeah. And Brad, you mentioned 2023 as as a big year. I'm looking at, at right now at overthecap.com for the Buccaneers. They've got 32 players on a cron- contract for next year. Their estimated cap space for the Buccaneers next year, $92.6 million dollars. That seems like like an awful lot compared to right now, where it's about just under four million. But Brad, you mentioned twenty twenty three. Tampa Bay only has nine players under contract for twenty twenty three, and they have an estimated cap space of about a hundred and fifty one million dollars. So I think right now, any hand wringing that fans might have over this really is all for naught because um, the, the Bucks are going to have plenty of cap room in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Even yeah, with the I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, even that ninety-two million number is—I want to say seventh right now. Of course, all of projection things change, but yeah. for twenty twenty-two, they're still in the top ten in projected cap space, even after some of these moves. So, yeah, they're in a very healthy situation because they're just dipping their toes into this proration water. It's yeah. interesting because in twenty twenty-two, Brad, as I'm sure you've probably noted and seen, and just kind of looking at this team in twenty twenty-two, they've got kind of a ton of free agents, but it's a lot of players who you're like. You know, this year, obviously, you want Shaq Barrett back. You want Levante David back. You want Chris Godwin back. You know, I, and I bring this up basically to say, like, next year, you look at some of their free agents that they have, and there are some that on the surface right now, you'd think Carlton Davis and Chris Godwin kind of would headline that list, and you'd be like, oh, we probably want to look into long-term deals for the deals uh, for these guys at this point. And then another Donovan Smith could be an option too. Scott uh, reported yesterday on the podcast the Bucks could look to extend Donovan Smith. We'll talk more about that later on the show. But as you look at their cap situation – 2022 and beyond thinking what we're thinking with the cap and like you said it's all projections but if the cap continues to go up which i think is a pretty safe projection and it does go up a lot into 2023 and it looks like by next offseason it's going to go up a lot in 2023 how crazy do you think it is for the bucks to pay chris godwin 24 i don't know first of all i guess what do you think chris godwin would, would cost if he has another really good year and do you think it's crazy for the bucks to want to tie up that month too much money in two receivers given the fact that they still they have all this space and their cap is going up. I mean, what do you think about a move like that? You know, I'll say it's probably working in the Bucks' favor how this wide receiver market's playing out. Obviously, some of the big names have not dropped yet, um, although it sounds like Dolliday's market's not big for, for maybe some off-field reasons as well. I, I don't know, some cryptic tweets from Albert Breer about that. But, um, but look, I think the fact that these draft classes, two years in a row now, the draft classes have just been extraordinary at the wide receiver position. Yeah. 
Um, I think teams realize you can find starting quality wide receivers in the second, third round. Um, so why pay a guy 20 plus million a year? Um, you know, I think yeah, maybe he gets back on track. Um, I think if he has another year like 2019, then yeah, he's going to ask for 20 million plus per year, and it's a, it's a conversation worth having. Um, but yeah, they, they may not be hard pressed to do it. Uh, I think Carlton Davis potentially a different story. If he has another year like he did, he's going to be asking for again around the 20 million per year mm-hmm. mark, which I know sounds crazy at corner, but you know, two guys there now in Marlon Humphrey and Jalen Ramsey that high. Um, look, they they can from a cap perspective, they can certainly afford it. Um, I guess that's more of a question of. Let's say they do kind of turn this roster over. Some of these older guys, you know, move on. Brady retires. Do they want to, you know, put five years, 100 million in a corner when they don't know who their quarterback is and, and stuff like that? You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in you don't pay running backs, you draft them. And, and I saw that firsthand here with Doug Martin when, when Jason Light re-signed him to that big deal after he ran for 1,400 yards. And I understand the reasoning for doing that because – he had just fired Lovey Smith, promoted the offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter, who had spent his first year calling plays in Tampa Bay in 2014, which was that that um, actually 2015, which which was uh, his first year as the OC, uh, Lovey's last year. And the last thing Jason Light wanted to do was say, oh, OK, well, the, the, the guy who is a perfect fit in your offense, we're, we're not going to re-sign him just because he's a running back. But they re-signed Doug Martin. He didn't come close to a thousand yards after that and uh, was was a drag on their cap uh ronald jones is coming up and i'm not sure that he's gonna fetch you know he's he's just under a thousand yards this year um really hasn't proven himself as a third down back but do you subscribe to that theory that you draft running backs and don't pay him or or it just depends on the player no 100 percent. i think you look to the draft for that position I mean, look, Leonard Fournette was the fourth overall pick and, and the Buccaneers were able to, you know, ride him to the Super Bowl, you know, on a, on a near minimum deal. So even yeah. when you do go that high, um, yeah, there's no guarantee they're going to even survive their entire rookie contract. And I think, honestly, the league may be catching up as well. I don't think it's just the salary cap that caused the Aaron Jones base value to come in at $9.5 million per year. I mean, Doug Martin signed for over $7 million per year, what, five years ago yeah. now. Yeah. So, and he was, he was by far the, the best running back, I think people would agree, on the market. You know, Chris Carson, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, kind of the next names there. So, and he didn't test free agency at all. So, I think even the league now is kind of catching up to that line of thinking. Um, yes, I, I, we, we, I definitely ascribe to that that thinking as well. Well, and also with, with injuries playing a role there, right? Christian McCaffrey signs this huge deal, and it's it's a position that invites punishment. It invites injury, and it's hard to stay healthy there. And I think that's why teams go to to the two back approach. And and then when you have one guy making all that money. You feel obligated to make him the feature back, and it's just hard to for a running back to justify and command that type of salary. And for a guy like Ronald Jones, who, who even though he's made strides these past two years, Brad, um, you know, he it's this has always been kind of a two back system here in Tampa. Two years ago, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. This past year, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, and, and we saw Leonard Fournette really take advantage of the fact that Jones had uh, COVID nineteen. He broke his, his pinky. And we saw Leonard Fournette really rise to the occasion in the playoffs, become playoff Lenny, score a touchdown in, in all four of the postseason games, including the Super Bowl. And that probably put a little bit of a dent in, in Rojo's um, you know, impression, uh, his value at, at one buck place. Yeah, and I think, you know, Tampa obviously loves to run a bunch of duo and having that one cut back is important. Like, I'm not going to say you you don't want that on the roster, but I think in today's game, you need to have some receiving ability at this point to get to get a big money deal um and he has none if yeah. anything it's, it's a negative value there so i uh, just just throwing it out there have been the rumors about james white i think it's like the best fit ever i know it's just a little bit of nostalgia i suppose with brady but they were missing that on the roster sorely yeah. last year I, I would prioritize him over you know over anybody else at this point yeah and, and now, i think right now just to catch our, our readers up and, and our viewers and listeners to the peter report podcast Leonard Fournette has drawn some interest from Seattle, also from New England. And I think that the fallback right now, and I'm not saying that the Buccaneers won't entertain maybe both of those players because they did have Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy, but certainly if they if they were to lose Leonard Fournette, I think you would see the Buccaneers spend a premium draft pick on a running back. Uh, and Le- Le- Ronald Jones was picked in the second round. Keyshawn Vaughn picked in the third. Jason Light is not afraid of drafting a running back that high. Um, they were even entertaining 
uh, Antonio Gibson in the second round. It came down to Gibson and Antoine Winfield. They, they made the right pick, but Gibson wouldn't have necessarily been the wrong pick in the second round this past year. But uh, if, if Leonard Fournette does depart via free agency, I think the Buccaneers put a full-court press on James White trying to get him at least as that third down back and then drafting a running back. And, and even at 32, you look at Najee Harris, there's a possibility he might be there. Travis Etienne from Clemson, Javante Williams, uh, who I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of from North Carolina. So you, you could see that, that, that uh, Ronald Jones rookie one-two punch this year mm-hmm. with James White coming in as a third down back. Absolutely. Now, Brad, I know we got to get you out of here. You're a busy man, and we appreciate a little bit of your time. One more question before you leave, if we can. Your best guess for the Bucks' last big four free agents, Ndamukong Sue, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Ryan Suckup. Let's just say, hypothetically, the team has the cap space. The team offers all four of them a contract. What's your best guess at the, at the contract that it would take to, to land each of those guys? Any ideas what, what you'd be thinking for those guys, given how the market's unfolded right now? Yeah, I think another kicker deal um, came from Chicago with Cairo Santo, three years, nine million. I think that works in the Bucks' favor as well. Um, just like stuck up, you know, a street free agent got cut last year and had a really good season. Um, but you know, I mean, Graham Gano signed for four point six six million per year in New York, which maybe you shouldn't compare deals to, to what Gettleman's doing in New York. But but anyway, so like really came down from there. So I think stuck up probably does not have a huge market at this point. They could probably get him for around that same value, three years, three million per year. Um, it does sound like Leonard's market could be building a bit. Um, the Patriots obviously are going to run 12 personnel and run the ball 50 times a game. So they probably really value his services. Obviously, Pete, Pete Carroll wants to do that as, as well. So you know, maybe he gets, you know, five, two years, five, 10 million, 12 million, something like that. Um, maybe a little bit more, but, you know, I don't, I don't know about much more than that. Who else? I, I think uh, Sue is going to be about the same as last year. I, I think he is a guy who knows his value very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think that. He's made us so much money at this point. As you mentioned, he has other interests outside of football. Yeah. Um, and going from the you know the Lions to the hapless Dolphins at that time, and then now getting to win a Super Bowl. It was one year, $8 million last year, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably be around the same route. Um, and then remind me, who was, who was the fourth guy? Yeah, Antonio Brown was the fourth guy. Yeah, he's hard. <laughs> That's a great in there, too. I mean, he, he was good. He obviously scored the touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, is still an incredibly talented guy. But I also think there it's like, you know, one year, five million is still kind of just his cap. I, I don't think a lot of teams are in the market there. Um, and I think for him, it's more just about, you know, having fun and, and chasing ranks. Right. I, got one, I got one last one uh, real quick from me. Tom Brady just, you know, added one year to his deal and didn't ask for a pay raise. This is a guy who is the best quarterback of all time, the most winning quarterback of all time. With Drew Brees gone, he will overtake Drew Brees next year as the all-time leading passer. I think he's only behind him by like 1,500 yards. And then Brady's pretty much got every other passing record that there is. This guy has never, ever been the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And, and I don't think he's come close. I mean, he's kind of hovered around like number 10 or maybe number 8 over the last couple of years, at making $20 million a year, $25 million a year. You know, what does it say? And obviously he's, you know, he's not necessarily the sole breadwinner in the family, right? Giselle Bunchen has, has been very successful herself as a supermodel. But what does it say about Brady and, and, and maybe, um, you know, not taking some of these uh, cap-crushing deals that we see some quarterbacks take around the league where he's played the long game. And to his credit, he's taking care of his body. He's got 21 years in the league. So he's made more than any other quarterback um, out there. But but what does it say about this guy at, at any point in time, not wanting to or holding out or desiring to be maybe even in the top five at the quarterback position? Yeah, you know, I think you mentioned the alternative sources of revenue are huge. I think Gis- Giselle probably makes more than he does and has for, for a long time. Um, and also, let's see, I mean, maybe TB12, they were, they were kicking, the Patriots were kicking some money to the TB12 method on the side. Yeah. So his true earnings were a bit higher. But no, I mean, <laughs> I think actually he was like I think he did sign a deal where it made him the highest paid quarterback for like ten seconds and then like several guys yeah. passed him right after. Um, but yeah, clearly you know does not come back to the table and say, look, I'm the greatest person to ever play this sport. I should be the top guy. He'd be justified in doing so. Um, I, I think this is why this is the guy we're talking about. Where he cares. I mean, he he wants his value. Sure, he's not getting paid nothing, but he wants to win. He want he's still chasing his draft status. Going what 199th overall, like. Yeah. 
he just cares so much more about other things than money. He still uh, believes again, in the team concept, doesn't he? Right? And football's the ultimate team sport. You got eleven guys in the field every time you're out there, right? So he does believe in that that team concept. Yeah, for I sure. think the big thing too is that so if he is agrees to take less money, I think that helps him convince other guys, which he's done for years. Like yeah. if he says, "Hey, you know, you're going to get ten million from this team, X receiver. The Patriots are going to offer you seven, but look, I just took twenty two when I could have taken twenty eight. If I'm going to do that, why why shouldn't you do that?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it also helps in that regard, and he's been doing that for years too. So there's a lot yeah. of moving parts to it for sure. Great stuff. Great stuff as always. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, you can go back on this podcast a couple weeks ago, search it on YouTube. Brad was on last time. We had him on a couple weeks before free agency. And this is when everybody was freaking out. Who are we going to lose? Levante David, Shaq Barrett, whatever. <laughs> no, I was telling you they could bring them all back. Brad came on the show. He didn't know my position. He said, no, they can bring all these guys back. I know that sounds crazy, but here's how they can do it. And he yep. laid out the plan and he was spot on right. the money. They on the money. Yep. Exactly. Brought them all back and so far. And hopefully we can see that continue to happen with Sue and, and, and maybe and suck up at least. And we'll see about Leonard as well. But Brad, thanks so much, man. I know you're so busy. Thanks so much for taking some time for us. Thanks for having me back on. Nice to meet you, Scott. Yep. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. Great. Great having Brad on the show, man. I love wow. Scott when Tremendous. you can, yeah, when you can talk to somebody and get information you wouldn't get anywhere else yeah. and it's clear and it's concise and it's yeah. easy to understand. I think it's super helpful. So I love having Brad on the show, man. Yeah, exactly. And what I like, I like the guy's energy. You know, we didn't ask him, John, but it's it's almost like he probably had a Celsius today. I know. I'm telling you, man. I mean, and as always, maybe he just knew. Maybe he just knew, Scott, that everything on the Peter Report podcast is brought to you by. You know, John, uh, I crushed this this orange sickle heat today before my workout. Let me tell you, this thing works. It works. <laughs> Telling uh, you, dude. I mean, and the thing is, I had two beers at dinner, and and I'm I'm still like amped up over this. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying, Scott's I'm not gonna saying, be feeling good on the pod. Let's go. No, yeah, but I'm I'm just saying, it's like I, I'm not like dragging. I'm not like ready for a you know a, to pass out or have a nap or something. <laughs> Um, and, and the reason why is because Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And, uh, you know, if you want to be like me and crush a couple beers and and still like be raring to go for a podcast and a late night work and covering free agency, Celsius is the way to go. Tell you all about it. Go to the pewterreport.com website, click on the Celsius banners. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can buy them in bulk and save lots of money. Do the subscribe and save for extra savings. Or if you want to grab a can locally. I'll tell you where to do it. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, put in your address, and you'll see all these uh, cool convenience stores and grocery stores and health fitness places pop up all around you, and they'll tell you exactly where Celsius is sold. So grab a can of Celsius and tell us which flavors you like the best. Absolutely, man. I'm telling you, this strawberry guava, that's the new one. They just sent me this. It's oh not bad. God. It's not it, bad. Yeah. It's definitely in my top three, I think, right now. And Orchicles up there too, so. It sounds sweet, John. It yeah. sounds like it would be like, ew, too sweet, but it's not. It's really good stuff. I love it. It's great. All right. Let me let me uh let me run this by you here, Scott. Um here we go. We've got a hypothetical now at this point in time, right? But it's yep. a legitimate hypothetical. The Bucks literally come out of this offseason mm-hmm. having re-signed and Dominican Sue, Ryan Suckup, Antonio Brown, Leonard yep. Fournette. Every single starter is back from the yep. Super Bowl team in this hypothetical, yep. which I think is very realistic. That's crazy. That's like unheard it of. It doesn't mean a damn thing. That was last year's team. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, for the Super Bowl. But I will say this. If that happens, and, and let's just say, you know, Sue and Suckup come back at least. Right. You know, forget the other two for now. Sue yep. and Suckup come back. If it even takes that for, for, for you to say this, right. do you not feel like the Bucks? should be the favorite in at least the NFC. Let's let's leave the AFC out of it. There's a lot of yeah. – the Chiefs obviously are going through some process on their offensive line. Could look much different by tomorrow, yeah. to be honest. But in the NFC, with so little cap space for almost every team in the NFC right now, yeah. don't you think it's the Bucs? Yeah, and, and I think even more importantly, John, it's the Bucs in the NFC South. I think that the Saints mm-hmm. – um, and, and it's not so much 
listen, hats off to them. They, they must be printing money down there in New Orleans, right? Or I should say up there in New Orleans. But um, they've lost a lot of depth. Yeah. And, and they're going to be relying a lot on rookies. And, and you know what? If you draft if you draft the Tristan Wirps and you draft an Antoine Winfield, you hit on a couple guys, then then you know maybe you luck out. But but the Saints, it's not just Drew Brees. It's losing some guys, even like Trey Hendrickson, right? It's putting a lot of pressure on Marcus Davenport and an aging Cam Jordan who was invisible in three games against Tristan Wirps, the rookie, John, to manufacture and replicate those sacks. Yeah. And, and help the defense out like that. So, uh, to me, I think the Buccaneers are the front runners, barring injuries, uh, to win the NFC South. And you do that, and you get a home playoff game. And then once you're in the tournament, and maybe that happens at ten and six, maybe it's eleven and five again, or maybe it's twelve and four, or even thirteen and three. But whatever it is, you win the NFC South, you get a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's something even Tampa Bay didn't have this year till the Super Bowl. Right. But. That to me is the key, John, is get in the tournament. And if you're hot at the end of the year and you're healthy, look out. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's definitely the key. And, and it's too, too far out to say. I mean, we'll say our predictions before the year on paper. You know, I can't imagine a team. We'll see after yeah. the draft. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You know, again, you, Robert. Russell Wilson shows up in New Orleans somehow and they kick, you know, 10, 15 void years into the contract and like the right. future. I don't know. You know, I'm just saying the way that it looks right now. And I looked at every team in the NFC in depth today. I was just like, I wrote about it for Bucks Briefing this morning, which, by the way, feels like five years ago. That <laughs> yes. I <read> that. <laughs> but and there wasn't even a yeah. sign today, man. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah, that's free agency. But yeah. I just I looked across the, the NFC and I was like, you know what? The Packers just they're going to replace a couple starters in the offensive line. I think three yeah. out of five starters eventually because mm-hmm. uh, Ricky Wagner, the right tackle, is gone as well. So it's like, man, they're replacing all these guys. They're going to lose Kevin King. They don't have another corner behind him. He wasn't good, obviously, yeah. in the playoffs, and so. What's going to happen there? They've needed linebackers for a while. Uh, they need another pass rusher, really. Right. Um, man, it just holes, holes, holes. Curious. John, it's kind of curious that that they're going to throw money at Aaron Jones. They're they're going to let their center walk, yes. right? He's one of the best centers. To me, that's the other way around. You keep the center, Absolutely. you let the running back walk. If anything, you, you pay Jamal Williams less, and you say we just drafted yeah. AJ Dillon, so we got AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams. We're going to roll with these two guys right. to replace the production of Aaron Jones. I think they right. did it backwards. And thank you, Julian Gagnon from live from Taiwan. That's awesome. We are international. This is cool. We we've we have a, a ton of of international fans uh, from all mm-hmm. sorts of countries all around the world uh, tuning in live and also watching us on uh, on archive on our, our Pewter Report YouTube channel. If you haven't done it yet, do it right now. It's super quick and easy. Go to YouTube, type in Pewter Report TV, click on the subscribe button. It's free. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just hit the button. And right. then once you've done that, click on notifications. And then every time we go live, which will be – Eight o'clock this week, and then we revert back to four o'clock, and we'll have some more primetime shows. Well, obviously, you're going to be going primetime during the draft, but every time we go live, you're, you're notified that way. Right. And then, even if you don't watch us on YouTube or you don't watch us every time, you know, uh, just subscribe anyway because it doesn't do anything to you and it helps us a lot for sure. Yeah. So, appreciate the $5 super chat from Robert Gordon. Very much appreciate the $10 super chat from Alan Decker um, and uh, on the podcast here tonight. And so Thank it's you. great stuff. It's great stuff. It's a good time to be a box fan. As we said, we talk about it again, we're just looking at things on paper and we'll revisit this obviously after free agency and after the draft and see where things stand. But I really think the NFC is kind of in flux right now. The saints are in yeah. flux. The Packers, they could be good and they need to reload a couple spots. They could be a threat. The Rams could be a threat, but it's if Stafford and McVay click and they've lost some things defensively too. And so there are question marks. Seattle, are they going to trade Russell Wilson? Still feels like things are kind of falling apart in Seattle right now. I don't think anybody in the NFC East has gotten significantly right. better at the, at this point in the offseason. So there are, and it makes me wonder, is this a window where the Bucs just hit it at the perfect time? I'm not saying they didn't do a great job, but it feels like to some degree, Scott, they've just kind of hit this window where – the NFC is kind of wide open. And, yes, getting past the AFC team, even if you get to Super Bowl, is going to be tough. And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying that it feels like a perfectly timed situation for the Bucs is there's really no clear-cut dominant team in the NFC where the AFC, the way Cleveland's building and the fact that the Bills and the Chiefs are as good as they are, it really feels – and the Patriots getting better again. I don't. They might not be great, but getting better again. The Ravens are a threat. It feels like the, the AFC is the far better, far deeper conference – and that yeah. wasn't the case even a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think you're right about that. And and um, you know the thing is 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 um, 
I, I really can't bet on football right now, John, but if I had to bet, I, I would bet that you're correct. And, and if I was going to bet, uh, the, the place that I would do that is my bookie. Makes so much sense. Now, here's the thing. March is here, and the madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot, score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Select the winners from the 63 tournament games in the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes, and it's only $1 to enter. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and in-game props. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use the promo code pewter to secure a deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars that's a promo code pewter to claim your first deposit bonus college ball nba nhl no matter the sport football will be here before you know it no matter the minute from tip off to buzzer my bookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie I'm muted, aren't I, Scott? You were muted. <laughs> helps yeah. helps if I'm unmuted to say this, but yeah. the Bills are the Bills are signing uh, Emmanuel Sanders to a one-year deal as soon as the Saints release him, and so that'll be another loss for the Saints. And again, we we kind of keep repeating yeah. it. The Saints, there is some interest out there with the Saints and Richard Sherman. Um, we'll see whether that comes to fruition or not, uh, and we'll also see what kind of money Richard Sherman wants. Because I remember last time he went to San Francisco on a short deal after his injury, and it was like he was representing himself, and it was very affordable and then i think he ended up extending yeah. it for longer i'm try, trying to remember but um yeah I, I i wonder what the saints will do with richard sherman in that situation if he just wants to try and win one um but obviously losing hey, emmanuel sanders janoris jenkins is out the titans if i'm mike evans i remember the last time i played richard sherman you smoked him for two touchdowns so mm -hmm. bring bring on an older richard sherman now i i I just don't know, man. I, I I don't think that he is a premier cornerback anymore. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely older, and I tend to agree. I don't, it's not a signing that would shake me much. I mean, but the Saints, you know, they're still going to have a good roster. Yeah. There's no question about that. I think it's just you look at the Bucs, and you're just like, quarterback, man. Like, can't get past it. It's such a question mark for the Saints. Right. Um, I, I really don't think they're that enamored with Jameis Winston. I'm not just saying this to say it. I, I'm saying it because this is what I, this is what I hear. I think that they looked at their options and they looked at a horrible quarterback market that's out there. And they said, I think this might be an option, a chance that we take again for minimal cap space, a guy that's been in our system last year was dirt cheap. And so, yeah, it was late in the process. Remember James didn't sign for forever. It wasn't right. like they were chasing after him. They weren't, they, they just realized, okay, no one's going to take this guy. We need to have options. And so they did what the best they could. And, and I think he's the best they can do right now given where they're drafting and not being guaranteed a quarterback there looking at the market. What are they in Andy Dalton? You know, one of these kind of guys, I mean, that's not, that's not what they want to do. They, they want to sign somebody that they think has at least a little bit of potential down the road. So yeah. we'll see. He'll battle with Taysom Hill. I wouldn't rule out anything else, by the way, I wouldn't rule out another potential move for the saints at quarterback. I don't yeah. think it's likely to happen, but if the price were right and they could trade for somebody like a Sam Darnold and again, cap, it's going to be very affordable. Yeah. Uh, for something like that, it's going to be very low money, um, you know, that I think possibly, you know, that could be yeah. in their cards. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen or it's even likely. I don't even know where Sam – feels like we haven't heard anything about the trade market for Sam Darnold really. But um, I don't think they're satisfied with the quarterback room. Uh, they might try to draft someone even this year. But, again, it just feels like if you're in flux at the game's most important position, how often does that yeah. result in you being a real threat? to win a Super Bowl. It just, it's not very, it doesn't happen very often, no matter how good your roster is. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're expecting the saints to have to part ways with Sheldon Rankins, right? Their former first round pick because of the mm -hmm. salary cap. Correct. Yeah. He'll be gone okay. as well. And, and and they just traded away Malcolm Brown to the, uh, to the Jaguars. Trey Hendrickson, Janoris Jenkins, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. So, I mean, you look, you look at those are some, some serious depth pieces there. And, and all of a sudden that, that formidable, uh, Saints front seven now is is, uh, is is a shell of its former self. You know, again, you've got right. Cameron Jordan, who's now a year older. Uh, a lot's going to be expected from Marcus Davenport, um, who's flashed some potential, but I don't think has, has really put it together in an entire season. Carl Granderson now has to fill that Trey Hendrickson role. And I know he got a sack on the Bucks last year. And I liked him at Wyoming, but I just don't know that he's that, he's that type of player that can, that can manufacture 12, 13 sacks, whatever Hendrickson had. And then I think Brown was was at times one of their best uh, interior linemen. I think he was better mm -hmm. than Rankins. And right. Rankins was a former first round pick. So 
it's it's going to be interesting. I think you know. I think, I think the Saints are the Saints are are are, are going to they're going to be fighting to get to the playoffs. When over the last four years, you just assume they're right. they, they were going to be in the playoffs, if not win the division. Which right, they and and Jake, Jake Dino mentions they lost Jared Cook and Quan Alexander yeah. as well. So again, lots of ancillary players, lots of helpful players to them. Not like I said from the outset, they're probably going to keep their stars. But when we'll see how many of those guys they have to extend, you know, people are like, oh, they didn't even have any and had to extend any. And when, yeah, well, you want to extend some of these guys, right? I mean, right now, Ryan Ramchick, uh, Mark Davenport, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore yeah. I'm trying to think who else, but all these guys are scheduled to be free agents next season. Right. And so what happens at that point in time? You know, you're, we'll see what happens with the cap, but the Saints are, you know, g- going to not be in the most comfortable position in the league for sure, even for next season. Right. And so you've got, they've got tough decisions to make. Let's just put it that way. I do want to deviate back kind of to the Bucks cap situation, Scott, and some of their current free agents and get your thoughts on that. But first, I want to make sure I mention Locker Room. It's a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation. We've had some great locker room sessions. We normally would have one tonight, actually, but we did the podcast live tonight. Tomorrow, if there had been a signing, I still was going to do one at that signing today. There were no signings today. Tomorrow, I'm expecting there to be some movement on the Bucks front. And when yep. we have some signings, I will set up a locker room and we'll go live on that to discuss that and discuss the, the rest of the cap situation for the Bucks. We also, Scott, by the way, had the first first known interest from the Bucks in a player on another team, James yep. White mm-hmm. uh, of the Patriots, which was the least surprising news. Even it's when they were no right? Yeah. <laughs> we knew they were at least going to inquire, which is all we know. They've yep. inquired about it. I forget. I'm sorry, I forget who even reported it at the time, but they either inquired. I think it was Adam Schefter, actually. They mm-hmm. requ- inquired about James White, and a lot of teams has. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. They're probably trying to gauge the market with Leonard sure. Fournette, right? And first offer is probably going to be to Leonard, but yeah. James White might be a fallback guy. Yeah, and and I think, too, uh, I wrote a story today on PeterReport.com about the Bucks needing to clear some cap room. We kind of discussed that last night of the podcast. Won't spend a bunch of time on it, but, but that's what needs to happen. They're still at $3.6 million. Haven't signed anybody yet. The minute they, they they're going to, they're going to have to create some cap room. Um, I, I think that the Donovan Smith contract extension is still in play, but it takes two to tango. Smith may or may not want to do that, depending on what the Buccaneers are offering. Um, I, I think John that he wants to, from a psychological standpoint, be in the top five tackles. That's that's sixteen million dollars a year. The deal that he signed uh, was an average of thirteen and a half. He's the 12th highest paid offensive tackle right now at 15 and a half. That would put him at the Nate Solder level. And I think that he's actually, quite frankly, at this stage, a better tackle than Solder. So I think that's kind of a comp. Getting to 15 and a half, getting to 16, which would be uh, uh, Taylor Lewin money, uh, Tennessee. Um, I, I, that That's around six. That's around five in terms of, of the top tackles. So that basically vaults him, would vault Donovan halfway up the list. So to speak, um, I, you know, Laramie Tunsil is making 22 million. David Bakhtieri's making 23 million a year. He's not. He's not those guys. Donovan's yet to make a Pro Bowl, but he's been a solid, reliable left tackle. It's important to have that veteran left tackle when you're protecting the greatest quarterback of all time and keeping Tom Brady healthy and upright. And let's face it, Donovan Smith, in my opinion, played his best football on a consecutive game in, game out basis for those eight weeks after the bye week. I mean, yeah. it was almost flawless. People, myself included, were, were kind of wondering, okay, well, you got back-to-back games there, Donovan, against Chase Young, right? Who Remember him saying, I want Tom, right. I want Tom. Okay, right. well, we didn't hear from Chase Young that game. The next game, the Saints have kind of been Donovan Smith's personal tormentor, mm-hmm. whether it's been uh, a Trey Hendrickson, whether it's been a Carl Granderson, whether it's been a Marcus Davenport, whoever that they've put on his side, you know, has kind of feasted a little bit. And Donovan Smith was, again, just about flawless in that Saints game. So um, I think it's worth going down that road if both parties are agreeable to that. The other options, uh, tinkering with, with Cam Brate's contract, cutting some of that of that expected money. Um, I'd like to see that rather than cutting Cam altogether, but he is the number third tight end on, on the depth chart now with O.J. Howard coming back. And then you can, you can also go to Ali Marpet. They could go to Mike Evans. I don't think they want to do that, John. 
You read the article, right? Yeah. You're right. already looking at, at $18 million in cap money in 2022 and 2023. Mm -hmm. Mike will be age 30 in 2023. You don't want to keep stacking money, and all of a sudden you're looking at at owing Mike or Mike having a cap value of over $20 million at age 30 when his skills might be in decline. But Ali Marpet, more reasonable at around $11 million, $12 million those years, you could restructure him to create some money. But you're going to see tomorrow, John, I think you're going to see uh, news break about either uh, creating some cap room by by cuts or creating some cap room by doing some extensions. Right. And I think you're going to you're going to see a player or two sign either right before or right at the deadline. And then I think there's going to be some of these players, maybe a Blaine Gabbert, maybe a Ryan Suckup, that are going to literally test the free agent market and say, okay, we want to be full-on free agents. We'll dip our toe in the free agent pool and see. And and maybe they, they come back uh, the 17th, the night of the 17th, or maybe they come back the 18th. But uh, there's just not a lot of money out there, John. Right. Half right. of these teams – are literally sidelined because of this cap increase this year. Yeah, I mean, seeing the wide receiver market be what it is, and by the way, I know uh, Brad hinted at it a little bit, Kenny Galladay's situation. Kenny Galladay isn't getting paid because he already turned down more money from the Lions, by the way, than he's going to get this offseason. So Kenny Galladay's situation is going to stay. I mean, he might he may relent and sign somewhere for less than he wanted, but I'm not going to say the numbers because it's not my story necessarily to report, but Kenny Galladay definitely took le- turned down more money from the Lions than he's going to get in free agency this offseason. And so that's where he's stuck. He's he's shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and uh yeah, so that's I don't know whether that's gonna hold up that's holding up the whole market right now. Guys like Juju Smith, Schuster, and Will Fuller, but it's holding up the market at least somewhat, I think. Uh and it could be possible to even see these guys take a one-year deal. But again, I don't even know if that's the best play for them because I don't know that the right. wide receiver market bounces back a ton. There's just we've yeah. had how many straight drafts of great wide receivers? Uh, we've at least two, and we'll have a third one this year. Right. We have wide receivers popping up everywhere in the NFL every year. I mean, there's just a lot yeah. of them. Teams need a lot of them. If you're a yeah. premier clear-cut number one guy, and that could be Chris Godwin after the season, if right. he goes for 1,400 and 100 catches and nine touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. That could, I mean, he could clearly have established more consistent dominance than even a Kenny Galladay, and they're different types of players. But I just think that right now the market is kind of coming back down on wide receivers, and it could be at the perfect time for the Bucks with Chris Godwin's situation next offseason. So to me, that was fascinating what Brad said about the wide receiver market this year, and that could reflect on Godwin next year. John, we're talking about markets, right? And and the one thing I want to talk about right now is our good friends at Symbol. You know, they sponsor the Bucks Monday mailbag on PeterReport.com. And if you haven't checked this out, what an amazing concept. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to bet on sports teams and, and trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbols blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit up of your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 2,000-plus early adopters, including myself, who have started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports is just a tap away. Create a free account in seconds. Start profiting from your sports knowledge. John, the, the share of the Sim Bucks franchise went from $37 to $44 this week because of all of these re-signings as the Bucks reload for their Super Bowl push. And uh, you can go to to www.symbol.app backslash Peter Report. And when you do that, you're going to get a $10 deposit bonus when you sign up using the promo code Pewter. So check that out. You're still on mute, John. What's up with me in mute right now? It feels like it's going on automatically from me right now. Have I ever been on mute? All the podcasts we've done? I don't think I've no. ever been on mute. It's like no. auto-muting me right now. <laughs> but it maybe just doesn't want to hear what I have to say. It's just bad, bad analysis, Scott. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Leonard AI. Fournette, I promise, StreamYard. The robots are taking over, John. That's right. We're now. But we do have to talk about Leonard Fournette, right? Because yeah. that. Leonard Fournette right now in his situation on the market with pursuit from Seattle and New England, you can't get into a bidding war, right? Even if you're a Leonard Fournette fan, like you can't get into a bidding war over Leonard Fournette. You know, you just have to be like, this is it. This is what we have to pay you. And if you want to go to New England or if you want to go to Seattle for more, God love you. Because they can replace him, Scott. They can 
for cheap, or I can't believe that a guy like Jamal Williams or even a James White wouldn't be cheaper. They're just right. Again, they're not on the same level in terms of their role, their usage, all those kinds of things, the way NFL teams see them, their age. Yeah. Um, but I think they can be just as useful, and that's really the key at the running back position. Can you get a guy that's really useful and still isn't going to you know break the bank for you? Yeah, and, and I think the thing too, John, is this is a pretty deep running back class. This is not a good year for defensive tackles in the draft, but you look at their running backs, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that the Buccaneers have some interest in at, at all different levels from guys they may be tempted to pick it with that number 32 overall selection, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Javante Williams. Uh, you could fall back maybe in the second round, third round maybe, Kenny uh, Gainwell from Memphis would be a great pass-catching option who can really tote the rock as well. Uh, there's a guy like um, uh, the Virginia Tech kid, uh, Khalil uh, Herbert. Herbert, right? yeah. Herbert, yeah. yeah. You know, he showed a well at the senior bowl. And in between there, Michael Carter from North Carolina. Kind of reminds me of Warwick Dunn a little bit. Small in stature, but plays bigger than his size. He can catch the ball and run it as well. So, and Herbert's a tough dude, man. I watched the yeah. Virginia Tech against Miami, and he absolutely pancaked Quincy Roche. I mean, he yeah. leveled him on a chip. And he's yeah. very physical and pass pro. I'm not saying he's perfect and he's a smaller guy. But right. very physical, physical and pass pro. Really good class of running backs in pass protection it is. Right? Yeah. divided as receivers i think a little bit and, and maybe not the most talented feature type guys but a lot of guys getting after linebackers on date that i've yeah. seen really surprises me yeah no i i agree and um and, and that's why I, I think that the buccaneers they'll draw that that line in the sand with fournette and, mm -hmm. and they're not going to cross it um they, they like him they don't love him um you know he, he was not a feature back here remember um uh, in the regular season he didn't even hit 400 yards rushing, and he had six touchdowns. But Ronald Jones in the regular season almost hit 1,000 yards. So, right. I mean, you know, Ronald Jones ran for 600 more yards roughly than, than Fournette did. So you don't want to have that recency bias to where, yes, you know, you remember Leonard Fournette for what he did for you in the playoffs. And, yes, right. he, to his credit, his season average was 3.8 yards per carry. It went to 4.7 uh, yards per carry in the, in the postseason. And, and he certainly did did better catching the ball, 6.5-yard average as uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. It increased 8.2 in the postseason. So he did better all the way around than had a touchdown in every game. Right. When the larger sample size, going back to even Jacksonville, shows us he's not a very effective receiver yeah. after the catch. You know, And you have to take that into consideration over recency bias. So I completely agree with what you've said. Eric Olson, $10 Super Chat. Are you guys surprised by how quiet Appreciate the market it. has been? With the running back market, uh, I've only heard about Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette so far this free agency. Not totally surprised. I think that it's typically, you know, teams have limited cap space. It's going to be the last position they go to, just the reality yeah. of the market. And the thing with Leonard Fournette, Scott, he's in this in-between place, right? Like you said, right. Ronald Jones is the better pure rusher. If you're going to get what? a guy out there in a game to run the football, I'd rather have Ronald Jones. Anything yeah. else, you'd rather have Leonard Fournette, but – he's still not that great. You know what I mean? So it's like, what is his value exactly to you? Because you, you know that he can play all three downs better than Ronald Jones can, but there are plenty of guys who can play all three downs and run the ball better than Leonard Fournette can. And so yep. he is just kind of this, he's just not good enough in the areas. The Bucks really need him to be good. And he's worse than the other guy that they need him to be better than to right. stay on the field and be their feature running back. So yeah. it's a gray area for Leonard Fournette. I just don't see the fit with Tampa Bay, to be honest. They can't run back the top yep. three running backs from last season after all the drops, all the misprotections. Think about how many intercept, just interceptions came off the Chiefs, the, the throw down the sideline that was a blown yep. protection. The Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, yep. the interception, that was Leonard Fournette. I think the other one was Ronald Jones. The Panthers, the first time around, uh, second half, overthrow Rob Gronkowski over the middle. Again, misprotection, that was Ronald Jones. That's just three off the top of my head, Scott. Yep. Like interceptions not even just bad protections or getting brady hit i mean they got him killed almost in the first chiefs game right. in the regular season because they couldn't protect it's yeah. just that is the overlooked part of this by the way pass no, protection right. and, and, gotta and have a back that can do it you're right and the thing is is and i'm not i don't want to take anything away from what leonard fournette did in the postseason that was four sure. games that was four games out of, out of the right. 20 they played that was four and it was a good four but the best part about leonard fournette john might have been that two point five million dollars. That's it. That's that's that's, right. that, that, that's that's how much they got him for. And and I think that's what he's worth. And I don't know that he's worth a whole bunch more. And and I think the market right now. I mean, he hasn't got more than that. He hasn't signed anywhere else. I don't know what he's asking for or what the Bucks 
are willing to pay, but I can't imagine it's much more. Yeah, I can't either. I think that, again, this is a situation for Leonard Fournette where he's probably looking at more money somewhere else. He just is. Yeah. I mean, that's probably just the reality situation. You know what, John? I, I, I think also, too, it might be more playing time. Keep in mind, yeah. this, this is a guy that was the guy in high school. He was the guy at LSU. He was the guy in Jacksonville. Right. He told us on those Zoom calls. You know, it, it was an, an, an adjustment for him because he was used to the offense being built around him. Everywhere mm-hmm. he's been. Now, you know, it, it's not even that the running back is an afterthought in Tampa. It's that he had to share carries with with Ronald Jones. So yeah. he was the afterthought of the afterthought position because this is a, a pass-first offense. It always is when you've got, you know, the quarterback whisperer as the head coach and you've got mm-hmm. a former quarterback and Byron Leftwich as the play caller. you got the greatest quarterback of all time and you got the receiving core and the tight ends this team has. The running backs are going to be second fiddle. And then when you're not even the starting feature back, I just think the part of this, John, is – is that even if the money is the same, if the Seahawks say you can come out here and be our lead guy, yeah. or or if if the Patriots say you can be the lead guy here, I, I think that is what might tip the scales in, in Leonard Fournette going elsewhere. Even if yeah, the money is the same. right. And that that is the thing, Scott. Is that you're exactly right. If you are Leonard Fournette and you're looking at the options, first of all, there's just no way the Bucks are giving you the most money. I I couldn't believe that. I'd be floored by that i don't even know how that's possible for the bucks right now unless they were really trying to create a ton of gaps basically they have to you know if sue's a priority and we know that he is you know and soccer you know again so i i don't know how that would be possible that they would be offering the most money right. for for leonard fournette at this point if you go to seattle and you're leonard fournette they Carl, chris carson's out of there right now he's, yeah. he's looking elsewhere he's yeah. probably going to be moving on yeah. uh um carlos Hyde is already gone he already signed yeah. somewhere else and rashad, uh, rashad penny you know right He's probably not even gonna make the team. So right. you are the guy on a team that has already said we want to run the ball more. We want to sure. run the ball. We want our focus to be that. How do you turn that down with more money and probably yeah. more long-term security if you're Leonard Fournette? I'm, and, maybe and, I'm wishful and, thinking. I hope he what? takes it. <laughs> when when you're signed in March, you're the shiny new toy that every, the, the coaches want to play with, right? Yes. It's different right. when you're when you're a late, you know. Um, training camp ad like like you know he came in in september after he got cut by jacksonville then you're more of the afterthought it's well you got to learn the offense we have our guy in ronald jones you know and and yeah he he had the 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 100 yard game against carolina half of that was was on the the uh, the fourth quarter touchdown run to seal it um but you know i mean he it it was it was it was a good performance and it, it kind of you know proved to the coaches that that, that he can kind of be the man if Ronald Jones couldn't, and, and then he he injured his ankle. And Ronald Jones had three straight 100-yard games because he is the better pure runner. Yeah. But that's the difference is, is you know, you were the afterthought at the start of the season because you were the late ad by the Buccaneers. If you go to Seattle or you go to New England, you're the shiny new toy in March, mm-hmm. and we're going to factor you in and we're going to build this offense around you. And listen, John, the Seahawks, they run the ball. That, that is yes. what Pete Carroll likes to do. And, and, you know, if you've been paying attention to what Bill Belichick has done with the tight ends they've added up there, I mean, you're, they're going to be probably in 13 personnel uh, an awful lot. They're going to run the ball about half the time up there. We even, we even saw how much they, they ran the ball with Cam Newton. So I think the Josh McDaniels, they really kind of reverted that, that offense back to a, a ground attack with Tom Brady uh, out of the picture. And, and why wouldn't that be appealing, John? Yeah, right. Oh, I think you're exactly right. And so to me, it's again, this is, the deal seems obvious to me. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, I just want to talk about Sue very briefly. A lot see conversation in the chat. If Sue were to leave, how hard is he to replace? I think he's hard to replace this year, to be honest. And I think that that's part of the leverage situation right now is that the Bucks don't have a lot of young defensive line talent, interior defensive line talent. They really don't. And so, man, it becomes a situation now. It's like, you got to bring back now who's going to start if you don't. Um, and Sue knows that, and it's one more year. And again, we'll see how it goes, but I don't know that. I mean, I'm not saying that they couldn't get by with other options out there, but Sue's a good player. And what's, what's yeah. really underrated is that he plays a ton of snaps. It's a huge workload and he can play all up and down the defensive line. Very helpful guy to have. And I'm not saying it's, you know, make it or break it, whether he resigns or not, but I, I mean, I think he will resign, but I think he'd be hard to replace if he didn't, because we've talked about this too, that, the draft class of defensive tackle is pitiful, Scott. It is, oh, yeah. it is rough. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it, you know. And and uh, you know, here's here's the thing, John. It's like we haven't done this in a while, but but guess what? 
Manscaped is mm. back. We're going to talk about it for a second. You know why? Because the draft season's almost upon us, right? I mean, we've got free agency right now. The draft is 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 breathing down our necks. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partner <laughs> Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way that you like to gamble on football. For all of my draft geeks out there, we've got an exclusive 20% off promo code at Manscaped. All you have to do is, is use the promo code Pewter, okay? Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, uh, but I am sure that with the Lawnmower 3.0, which is this bad boy right here, that you can get your D back. Because of the ceramic blade and the safe skin technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. I want you to look in the mirror. Not right now, but, but do it after the podcast. Do you see any hair uh, growing out of your nose or your ear, your ears? I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm about that age where, where uh, I have to use this thing. This is the weed whacker, all right? This is the nose and ear hair trimmer, and it's, it's the fantastic solution. It literally takes five or ten seconds, and boom, you're done. So why not use the best tools for the job? Um, the performance package comes with the, the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. It includes the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which, John, they're the most comfortable that, that you're ever going to experience, and oh, yeah. this travel bag that they call the shed to use when you're done quarantining, and also some of their liquid formulations like the, the, the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your ball sticking to your leg or smelling like eggs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's, it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your testes a nice boost. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. They get the Shed Travel Bag, which is this here. And this is a nice bag. And the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is a $39 value there. And all you got to do is go to manscaped.com, use the promo code Pewter. You're going to save 20% off when you do, and you're going to get free shipping. So get 20% off free shipping. Use the promo code Pewter at manscaped.com. That's free shipping, promo code Pewter. It's time to turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. <laughs> oh, boy. Great you stuff. Did it, you made hey, it. They really are great products, man. They're great products. They, they are. <laughs> I, Scott, by the way, does not tell me these ad reads before. So, like, I know we have <laughs> one, but I have no idea what they say. He gets the I new know. script. And you got this script, by the way, like, what, five minutes before he I went did. live? So it, it, was it was fantastic, John. It was absolutely fantastic. Just perfect. like the Bucks moves in free agency. It's That's fantastic. Right. Now, now, listen, here's the thing. The read is over, okay? I mean, I, I'll, the, 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 the paid promotion is over. I use these products. I probably yeah. would have never used them if they didn't send it to me for free and say, here's part of the, of the paid partnership, right? I mean, do these reads, hold up the, the products, you know, tell them about it, use the promo code, you know, but, but they sent me the products and like, I'm going to use them because they're free. Um, you know, my wife says use the, the weed whacker all the time. And, and that's, that's for the nasal hair and, mm -hmm. and it, it works and it's super fast and right. I just sit there and pluck them and, and, and it doesn't hurt. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I went ahead and used all the products and, and I wholeheartedly endorsed them. Yep. Uh, I'm so glad that, that they came on board because I wouldn't have known uh, about this any other way. And so I, I, I'm just telling you, honestly, I endorse these products. They're fantastic. Right. Right. Completely 110% agree. They are as good as it gets. Uh, definitely picks them up. Um, okay. So this is, this has been a, a, an illuminating podcast on a lot of fronts because we have, we have kind of seen the Bucks cap situation, not this big, deep concern down the road even. So they're good. They're golden. They're okay. You heard Brad. He said, not a concern right now. They're not in a bind at all. We'll see what happens obviously in future years, but it's again, it's about consistently doing this. Right. You you get this cap kind of cap flexibility and you don't do it for a long time in order to give yourself windows like this one. Most teams in the league screw it up. They screw yep. it up by drafting, they screw it up by signing too many people in free agency, all of those things. The Bucs didn't screw it up. They won a Super Bowl. They're in a window where they could win and compete for a Super Bowl for a couple of years here, maybe longer if they're able to 
again, they have the ability to keep this roster together long-term and the cap going up at the right time obviously kind of helps them in that front too. They're in a window in the NFC where it's possible. Yes, there will be question marks at quarterback and coach eventually, right. but this is a team heading in the right direction, yeah. led by the right people, making the right moves on a day-to-day basis. Hopefully some moves tomorrow, right? John, you're right. And it's a super team headed by a super staff at one Buccaneer place, and they've made some super moves right now. And and it's all it's all uh it's all going in the right direction for the Buccaneers right now. And I got another super offer for you too. I just got a DM. What about the shirts? Do I okay, fine. We got a couple more of these shirts left. If you order your manscaped and use the promo code pewter and you send me a receipt, doesn't have any of your financial information, I'll just email it to me at srpewterreport.com. Send you this free Peter Report t-shirt. We got these in white, gray, and black. Just send me your size. I'll send you a free shirt. Free shipping and handling and everything. So just buy the product. Try it out. Um, and I think you're going to like it. And I'll send you a free shirt. All you have to do is email me at sr.peterreport.com with your uh, proof of purchase, and you'll get a free shirt. Absolutely. Great stuff. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, again in the evening. And Dominican Sue, Antonio Brown, Ryan Suckup, James White, uh, Leonard Fournette. We can have some more free agent action to talk about with the Bucks. We will find out tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the podcast. We will be live. John, it's the start of free agency. It's That's 4 right. o'clock sure. tomorrow. And it's going to be a big, big, big day, even bigger than than, than today was. It's, it's going to be a day like Monday. You're going to see some signings and some big news from one Buccaneer. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a fun day to be dialed into pewterreport.com. We had a ton of content go up today. The tracker, it's getting another update from the hour that we've been on the air as soon as I get off here. Uh, But yeah, definitely telling you, check out pewterreport.com. There's content going up like crazy up there today. And as always, appreciate y'all. We'll be back tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.